Before we get started with today's show with Pastor Mike Ashcraft, who's the senior pastor at Port City Community Church in Wilmington, North Carolina, before we hear his passion for picking one word, he wrote a book called My One Word. Uh, Before we get to that, I wanted to say one word to you, and that is Cure. Cure is a ministry that serves children with disabilities. Some would say they're the very bottom of humanity. They're the last to be included, the last to be protected from abuse, sometimes the last to be given food in their own homes. But at Cure, they say healing changes everything. And Cure serves these children through hospitals, through doctors and nurses and wonderful people who serve these children with free surgeries so they can experience the love of God through healing. And then Cure tells them about the love of a God who does not say they are last, but he sees them and he loves them. It's an incredible ministry with hospitals all over the world. And if you would like to see some of the smiling faces of children who've gotten surgeries, children who are waiting for surgeries, if you'd like to just know more, then come to lifewithlisawilliams.com and click on Cure. This is This is This is Life with Lisa Williams. Hey, good morning, Mike. Good morning, Lisa. How are you doing? Good, good. Long time no talk. I know. I've kept up with you. I see all that you're doing, and it's so exciting to to, to see and to, really to I think the to hear your heart and to see how how the, the vision behind what you're doing. Um, I, it really excites me. So I've enjoyed keeping up through Facebook and uh, Twitter and all the other forms that we have available to us. So it's great to talk to you, though. It's good to talk to you, too. It's so cool how we can keep up. You know, you can even be at a distance and not even in the same circles at the moment, but you can just kind of tune in to someone's life through Facebook and stuff. <laughs> it really is. And your podcast has helped quite a bit, too, because it's just great to hear, you know, hear your passion and, and you know, through your voice. You. And I think that really comes across. I think that was part thank of the heart, heart of why you did it. So Yeah, thank you so much. It comes across, yeah. Yeah, good. Like, yeah, after leaving Caleb, I kind of lost touch a little bit with you, at least talking, because it was so prolific and rich, um, so fertile to have those conversations with you every January to get everybody thinking about their one word. And everywhere I'd go, people would be like, Lisa, perseverance, or hey, Lisa, <laughs> you know, my word is authenticity, or whatever. They'd be yelling or talking to me about their words. And so when I, that was actually when I left the Caleb Morning Show, one of the things that made me feel a little bit sad was mm. not being able to engage with you and just engage people in the process. So it's really nice to re-engage. Well, really re- nice. it, yeah, and I'm honored too. It really is. It's been a, a quite an experience. This is my tenth year, you know, picking words, wow. and uh, <laughs> I've been talking to folks all over, um, you know, and just and you hear all the stories, everything from the sort of the, oh, it's kind of gimmicky and, or to the, just the, the profound life change, you know? And so the, the process, you know, is what I'm really trying to help people, you know, engage in and really highlight that, um, Mm -hmm. especially just as people, you know, got pick and pick words year after year, you know, you, you sort of go, I know what I'm going to do this year. And and really, you know, we're, we tend to bypass the actual process of really, you know, spending the kind of time and and trying to grab into, uh, to me, what the depth of what God longs to do in our lives. That's what I want. I know that's what you want. And it's funny that you mentioned gimmicky because, you know, especially when you're a radio person, I mean, it just, we, (laughs) we, 
we gravitate to gimmicky because we're always looking for something to say. Right. And so, you know, that, so I run from it, you know, I want to run from it. And so I've analyzed this a lot, you know, over time of, does this really matter? Is this gimmicky? Is this real? And the proof of it has been in my own personal life, Mm. how profound and just flat out supernatural the experience has been for me and my close friends Mm. as we, you know, seek God. And then he gives us a word. And so that's what I want to touch on with Pastor Mike. And that is picking the word. Uh, or, or is that a good place to start, Mike? Or do you, should we go backwards? Like, why do we pick the word? You want to start well, with why? Yeah, I think the why is probably really important. And, and um, obviously the process, that's what we're, we're, we know the biggest thing is the, the process. And I think that's the beauty of my one word. And what I discovered you know, was that a lot of times every new year people talk about change and that's just kind of the conversation on every news show. Everything is about, you know, the, the gym memberships, the diets, the exercise programs, yeah. the even the spiritual <clears throat> sort of, you know, dr- drivers or, or, or programs that come out. And I realize that most people try to, you know, they, their approach to change is just to make promises to do something. And while that's important, um, what I realized is that most people, or at least for me, I guess I can speak for me, that it was, it always created this pressure that I'm going to make this promise and I'm going to, I'm going to make it happen this year. And I realized it was really based on a lot of things that I wish I hadn't have done or things that I wish I would have done better. And it seemed to be looking backwards. Mm -hmm. And I remember Mm -hmm. one day just thinking like, what if I just looked into the future and said, what kind of person, you know, would I like to become or, or more importantly, would God call me to become what what kind of person would he want me to be over the next 12 months and that's what kind of you know started me thinking like i don't need a list of things to do i need a, a lens through which i can see my life because it what it did is it allowed me to take the pressure off of breaking all the promises or keeping all these tightly you know sort of defined things whether it be read the bible every day or write a page in my journal or whatever it was it allowed me to really just to embrace the process because we know that things go up and things go down. And some days we do it really well. And some days we don't do it really well. And all of those days are important. It's not just the things that we perform well in that are important sometimes. And sometimes even it's more important, the things where it's hard and difficult and we're, we're stumbling and we sort of see God's, you know, formation and his heart for us and his work sometimes in the most deepest ways in those places. And I wanted to make sure that I had a way in my own life to account for that. So that's, that's the why, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Every time I've ever talked to you, I always get this deep, now I get it. Yeah, now I get it. I couldn't explain it with my own words, but that's what you just said. That's how, that's how I, I see it. Always looking yeah. backwards, always making these tight lists, always setting these really strong goals, and then not being able to keep them, feeling like right. a failure. Like that <clears> system, <throat> that system is over. Like that's got to be yesterday. We have to have this new, this new system of looking forward and and everything Mike just said, that's good. So, <laughs> so what about the how? What is the process that you recommend in actually picking the word? Well, the process, and I think it really accounts for almost any personality. I, I talk to people all the time when they hear, you know, because you can, you can give the concept of my one word in, in, you know, in an elevator speech in, in 10 seconds. Hey, pick a word about the kind of person you want to become. And immediately, you know, people will go, oh, I got my word. And that's not a bad thing because sometimes I think God works like that. He just he just drops the word right into your head, right into your mm-hmm. heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, I always kind of push on it. And so what I recommend people do is as they're thinking about this, to spend some time thinking about the a vision for the future. What kind of person do you want to become? 
and and not just a better person or a nicer person, but you know, I try to play this out in scenarios when, and obviously you can't predict the future, but just thinking about, you know, whether it's a leadership challenge, I want to be more decisive. I want to be able to make decisions. And oftentimes I'll put a person, you know, that I've seen that in, or sometimes it's a, a passage of scripture or, or a, a character, a person in the Bible that'll look at and go, I would like to be able to make decisions or, or, you know, create um, thought patterns like Paul or, or whatever it might be. And, and mm-hmm. I've used Bill Hybels. I've used all kinds of people that, you know, people I know, people I don't know. And you just sort of imagine what are the characteristics that you see in them you like. And I try to be real specific, whether it's decisions they make or the way they respond to people or the way they can articulate, um, you know, God's truth about particular cultural issues. And, and you know, so I'm, I'm kind of free to, to roam, you know, so it's a little bit broader. And then I start to kind of narrow that down and start to really describe what I'm looking for, what I'm hoping for. And then once I get that, then I start to just make a, just a list of words that describe it. Um, and sometimes the words seem to be in polar opposite directions. Like this year, I haven't even landed on my word. I usually spend the month of January picking it. Oh, so you I'm like, right, I, I have not. I'm, I'm finishing my year from, uh, with my last year's word and I'm, I'm down to three, but it's so funny because one of them, and I'll just tell them, one of them is story. And the reason it's story, S-T-O-R-Y, is because, um, you know, some of it is in being able to, to narrate better the story that God is telling in and through our church because there's some things I feel like God wants to do through us that I haven't been able to understand. And so an, a narrative approach is a different approach, but I, I sense that it's going to help me because I see in what I've seen in other people, whether it's writers or people who mm-hmm. blog well and, and really, really be able to capture that essence. And then mm-hmm. the other one is, is drive, which sounds more ambitious. And so I'm, I'm studying both of those words. And um, so they seem to be in opposite directions. And so, you know, that that's what you do. You kind of you, you kind of get this this, you know, all this down on paper as best you can. And sometimes it's graphic and sometimes it's a list. And then I just start listing off all these words. And okay. then what I do is I just start crossing off words that don't resonate and then adding to the list over about a, a week or two. And then I just narrow it down to three, basically just start, you know, ruthlessly just cutting words out. Okay. And from that point, you know, uh, you get down to two or three and you, you wrestle with them, you define them, look them up in the Bible, see what the God's word says. And then you just pick one. You know, that's kind of the magic is just or uh, magic strong <laughs> word. Just it's just the discipline just to pick one and make a decision about it. And that's that's really the process. OK, well, that's really good, because for someone like me, I'm so high feeling. Mm-hmm. I so love being <clears throat> plugged into God and hearing from the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you know, everything for me is always you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Drop that word in my spirit, God, you know, or I just talk to him and I'm like, Hey, by the way, father, what's my word? You know, what's my word. Yeah. So, but I know everyone's not like me. And so that process that you just described makes so much sense. And I'm even going to take the word that I believe that he's given me and I'm going to just lay it out. I already know in my mind that I feel it. I feel that I'm on the right path with my word, but I had an experience I wanted to tell you about, um, where I, I got a word, I believe, from God really clearly at the beginning of 2014. And um, I had just uh, been talking to people about my one word a little bit and and asking people about it just in my private personal life, not not so much publicly, just talking right. to people about it. And then one day I had a moment where I said, hey, I haven't even talked to you about my word, God. And he dropped a word in my heart and it was the word Ready. And mm. so I was looking things up. I was talking to people and I just ran with it. 
You know, I was like, my word is ready. And I was so excited. Like, I'm ready. He's telling me I'm ready. Ready for what, God? I can't wait. I can't wait to see what I'm ready for. But I know that I'm ready. And I kept thinking, set, go, right? Like, (laughs) ready, set, go, right? And so as 2014 unfolded, um, I had uh, a life-changing event, a very traumatic, personal, Mm life-changing event. And it began this process in myself and in my husband where there were, um, there were times I didn't know if I could even make it. And, um, I didn't know if our marriage was going to make it. I doubted it. And Mm. I didn't know what the future held for me. And I began a deep process of therapy and, uh, 12 steps and all of these things geared towards helping me survive becoming the person that I'm meant to be, leaning on God like I never had. So like, you know, when all that started happening at the end of May, I kind of looked back at January and I was like, oh, oh, you Mm. were telling me I'm ready to go through some processes I had to go through. I mean, there was no avoiding it for, for me to live a healthy life and be in a healthy marriage. And, you know, I had to go through what we went through for about a year, year and a half, just kind of really now on the other side of it. Right. But, but, but when it got to 2015, I, I basically looked at God and said, I'm not asking. I, I, I don't want to know what my word is. I don't want to know. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to talk about it. I should have, but it was just so much <clears throat> that I had gone through and was still going through. Right. So that being on the other side of that now, I'm kind of like, I, I feel very fresh like brand new fallen snow, you know, I'm like, wow. okay, God, here I am. Yeah. What's my word? <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. Brave, bravely. So I thought you'd appreciate that because it's just the complexities of it. And um, I think it, it and, is. And I think the other thing is that it really embraces what the process is because I think people have this picture of spiritual formation as though it's just always one step up and to the right, you know, just a perfect staircase straight up. Uh-huh. And, you know, I, we talked about this yesterday in our church. We're talking about change. And one of the things I found for me is, you know, one year I was um, wrestling through my word. And one of the questions that popped in my mind was, why would I not want to be this kind of person? And, you know, I wrote it down in my journal. And I began looking at that question and thinking, there are reasons why I don't want to be this kind of person because of what it might cost me personally. Exactly. Right. Exactly. You know, we get really comfortable when God changes us and he makes us, you know, he he. He eliminates the difficult things. You know, people come to Christ because they're struggling with personal issues. And when those things sort of get resolved, we go, okay, God, thank you so much. Now I'm good. And, right. you know, even like your word, what he's doing is he's making us ready, not so that we'll live well, you know, well-crafted, moral, um, successful, socially, you know, adaptable adults, but rather so that we'll actually make an impact for God's kingdom. Amen. And that's a whole different level of, of heart change that requires a process you know, that we have to pay attention. And that's, that's what I think your story really, you know, it captures is that the process isn't always neat and nice and, and forward even, or it doesn't seem forward, even though it really is. Sometimes it seems like we go backwards or down or sideways. And, you know, God is always right there with us, shaping and holding and helping and healing and drawing you know, and redeeming. Yes. So. Yes. Everything you just said, just yes to all of that. And going through the process with God during the time of difficulty, I would often say, where's the bow? Mm. There's no bow on this. I can't, I can't just go and, <clears throat> and it all worked out. 
and everything's fine now. Everything's fine now. (laughs) So I had to learn about my codependency where I just try to make everything okay all the time. Mm. And I had to learn. That's why I went to 12 steps. I had to learn uh, the truth of really basically wrestling with God, gutting it out with God, accepting things. Do I really trust him? Do I really believe him? Do I believe everything I said I've believed all these years? And then at the end of all that unraveling, finding myself standing there in the presence of God going, you know, it's just been such (laughs) an amazing, amazing process. And I think that something you just said needs to be repeated. We do believe like, well, the goal is our kids are doing great. They, they get to a great college. They marry the perfect person. We're yeah. fine socially. We look good. We smell good. We act good. Yeah. Now we're, we're really on path with God instead of saying, if I truly want to be a world impacting presence, do, do I really want to, to be all those things I say I want to be? Then there's a process and it's not necessarily pretty. Yeah. But if I yield to the process, if I yield to God, if I seek and surrender to him through the process and I don't harden my heart and pretend, on the other side of that process, when you get to plateau for a few minutes with him, it's like, yeah. woohoo, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, it really He's is. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And it's so funny because I think I was listening to, um, you were talking about the idea of waiting. Yeah. Um, and I think it was just a few days ago or, or last week. But the idea of waiting, and, I, and I've, you know, I've wrestled with the same thing because I'm, I'm very active and I like to move and I'm very easily bored with where I'm at and ready to move on to something else. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I thought about that. And, and one of the, the, my, the, the stories that I love is where Moses is in the, um, in the, in the wilderness and he's, he's leading the people and he's frustrated with them and he's frustrated with where he's at. And he's like, God, you've promised me that you're going to get us to the promised land. And he's basically kind of pinning this on God. And I think it's in Exodus 33. And um, God says to him, okay, you can go. You can go to the promised land, but I'm not going with you. And and I'm I'm looking at this thinking like, okay, this is a really interesting thing that God has promised that Moses could be somewhere. And then he's not allowing him. Then he just turns and says, okay, you can go, but I'm not going with you. And what Moses says next is to me one of the most profound things about this idea of waiting Mm-hmm. Um, Moses says, God, if you don't go, then we don't want to go either. And, you know, the way I phrase it is that basically we have to learn that his presence is sometimes more important than his direction. Or really his presence is always more important than his direction. And as sort of high performing, you know, Western American kind of driven people, we always think in terms of direction. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we just have to really understand that being in God's presence and him being with us and us being with him, that that covenant promise fulfilled is really ultimately what we're called to do and that everything else is sort of secondary um, from that and it takes a lot of pressure off um, yeah, in one yeah. sense and the, but in the other sense it makes us feel like perhaps we're not doing you know anything and I've been through seasons of waiting and it wasn't it wasn't necessarily sitting in a um, you know in a sort of a a position of like just you know kind of meditating and hmm you know there were still things to do life <laughs> right. goes on there's kids right. there's marriage but it was really a posture of just really saying, God, you know, until I really sense your movement in this, I'm, I'm staying with you where I am. And whether it was in a job or a ministry initiative or anything else, you know, it's just really being able to have that sense of of waiting. Because I think, you know, it is, there's, there's strength there. There's yes, all those things yes. that, that God promises. So it's, it's, yes. a, it's, a, it's a really important concept that I think we, we get lost in because waiting is, is, doesn't, it's just not in our culture. I think it is a cultural thing. At the beginning of the time where I felt like God was telling me to wait, mm. I, I literally said to God, 
how long? <laughs> I was like, how long? Because I, I, I got a, I started to get a really strong picture of how driven I was. Mm. And, um, and I, I learned over time that it was just me running from pain and running from Gosh. reality. <clears throat> and, um, and I, I said to him, Moses waited 40 years. I will be 86 years old. <laughs> what if you, what if, I would say to my friends, what if he asked me to wait for 40 years? Yeah. What if he asked me to wait for 40 years? It was like this fear of God. I, I'm afraid yeah. that he's going to mess up my plans. Yeah. <laughs> and so. <laughs> I think we can all relate to that one. We start calculating and trying to figure, okay, how's this going to work? You know, I always tell people, I said, we always, we always think, in God, think of God's will in terms of what we would do if we were God. Oh, my and it word. always makes perfect sense. You know, it's like, God, why wouldn't you just do this? This would be the easiest, right. you know, and, and besides you'd get glory, like you'd get great glory for this. And, um, here's you know, the plan, God, work here's it, the work plan. it. I'm yeah. sure it's good, but his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. And. He Absolutely. is awesome. And when we limit the Holy One of Israel, we then get a limited version of glory. We don't get to see the full potency of the glory of God. But when right. we release our will our, and surrender our lives. And so through this process of picking one word, it could be a beginning. You know, I have a friend, her word is joy. I have mm -hmm. another friend, her word is traction. Oh, wow. Um, That's a good word. I, I know, right? One of my friends, her word is anticipation. Um, one of my close friends, her word is clarity. And so I just want to encourage you or Mike, can you just encourage someone who's listening, like speak directly into someone's life if they're kind of on the fence or they're hearing about this for the first time of why they should pursue the concept of picking my one word? Yes. And I'll tell you that. And, and the way we say this is really simply, it's better to do something about one thing than nothing about everything. Because our, our approach is always let me, let me try to fix everything that's wrong with me. Let me, let me try to yeah. handle or deal with everything that I think about that I ought to be doing. And really the beauty of, of my one word is, is it's, it sort of frames a way for you to focus, for people to just go, you know, I can just look at this and just trust that God's going to do just this one thing. And I will tell you, the reality is I can't tell any people I've talked to who said, you know what, um, I picked a word or I thought about picking a word and they get into a situation and I've asked them, I said, did you pick a word? And they say, no. I said, well, did you think about it? Yeah. And I said, what word did you think about? And they'll tell me their word. And I'll say, what if you would have looked at this situation through that word three or four months ago? What would you have seen differently? And you can see the light bulbs going on, go on. And, I'm, and, I'm, and you know, I, again, I'm, I can't overstate this enough that, you know, most people's strategy for spiritual formation is some random version of I'm going to try harder. Yeah. Or some fluid That's right. Word. And, and that never works. And yeah. people who have never tried this, if you'll just try it, um, I'm telling you, if you can look and, and see your life through the lens of what you hope God will do in your life, what you will see him do is far beyond what you could have imagined. And so I would just say, just, you know, stick with it, give it a shot, try it. And even if you pick the wrong word, God will use it in ways that you can't even imagine. <laughs> That's good. Thanks for that. That's a good freedom right there. Like you can't mess up, right? <clears throat> can't mess it up. <laughs> you can't mess you can't it up. Mess That's it up. good. Because okay. otherwise you people pick three words. They pick three or four words. Yeah. And, they don't do, and you know how that goes. People don't do anything about all the noise. It's like, you you know, and I'm as, I'm as ADD as people get. You know, I've got <laughs> um, as many issues as, as anybody else. But I'll tell you, you know, to put a word in front of my face on my mirror at home, on my dashboard, in my car, at the top of every week's calendar, um, you know, it forces me to do what I didn't think I could do, which was focus. 
And um, I'll be honest, you know, I've been doing this for this will be my 10th word uh, this year. And there are some years I look back and go, I didn't even like the word that I picked. And there were months where I'd forgotten about it. And what I would do instead of going, well, it didn't work. I would just pick back up where I left off and start fresh from that place because it's a process. It's not it's not a project. It's not something you complete. It's a process. And in fact, the other cool thing is I look back and I keep all my words um, listed in front of me and I can see, you know, the arc. I, I think of it as the arc of what God has been doing in my life over the course of, of wow. almost a decade. Wow. And um, some words have been more powerful two or three years later than, I, than they were the year that I picked them. So they don't go away. It's like your word goes away. It becomes a part of the story that God is is telling and um, sort of writing through through each person's life. And I think it's, a, it's powerful. So Pastor Mike Ashcraft, he felt so strongly about it. He wrote a book called My One Word. And you can find out about getting that book. You can read the tools or use the tools that he has at the website that he created. And just find out more, ask questions. So, like, join us. I mean, why not? I mean, what what could it hurt? What, what do you have to lose? You know, what do you have to lose? And you have so much to gain by going through the process through the next couple of weeks of picking one word, if you haven't yet, at lifewithlisawilliams.com. You can connect with Pastor Mike. Thank you so much for re-entering my life this January. It's so nice to talk to you again. Oh, it's so nice to talk to you too, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me. I want to say thank you to executive producer Paul Goldsmith and also to my wonderful friend and producer Melanie Moritzky for all of her help with today's show. And lifewithlisawilliams.com if you want to connect. Hashtag thanks for listening.